today we just hit 80 degrees in Rockford and at O'Hare. It is officially the first 80 degree day of 2023. So you know what that means? The bugs are back. That's one thing we all have in common. I don't care if you live in Peru or North Aurora or you live in Winnetka or you live in the city of Chicago. If you live anywhere in this state, you have encountered bugs. And and the bug girl is with us, Janelle Iacchino from Rose Pest Solutions. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. You know, the bug that I didn't get rid of all year, even in a new house, the bug I didn't get rid of. You want to take a guess as to what it was? Was it a stink bug? No, I did get rid of those. Thank God. (laughs) Because my my other house was filled with those all the time. But those little ladybugs that aren't really ladybugs. Oh, the Asian lady beetles. Yeah. Yeah. Those adult like ladybug imposters. That's what I call them. (laughs) Yeah. How do you get rid of them? Uh, they're just like the stink bug. We classify this type of bug as an overwintering pest. And here's what happens. So in the fall, when crops come down, because we've got a lot of suburbs that are still being developed, right? So we've got farmland still surrounding some subdivisions. And when farmers cut down their crops, these bugs get displaced. There's nowhere left for them to go. They naturally live in corn husks and soy leaves and things like that. Once the fields are clear, they flock to the homes and nearby structures. And then as the temperatures dip down and it gets colder, they creep up underneath the siding and in nooks and crannies. And all winter long, they hide out in the walls in this state called diapause. It's like hibernation for bugs. So now that we have an 80-degree day and the sun is hitting the, the south and the west sides of the house, it's warming things up. These bugs are coming out of this hibernation. So that's why you're seeing them in the windows. They're trying to get out into the the nice weather. Like, who isn't, right? Yeah. I'm still that little kid. I opened the window for them because for some reason as a child, I learned this ladybug, ladybug, fly away. What is that? Your home is on fire or something? You're, You're probably too young for that, right? It was something that was drilled into our heads. Never kill a ladybug. And they're not ladybugs. They're imposters, right? No, they're not. Yeah. yeah and you can tell because they're like an orange or yellow color and they have weird spot patterns Mm -hmm. and they bite and they smell bad too yeah and they'll stay in the wall if you smash it on the wall they'll stay in the wall it's gross uh this is the bug girl (laughs) she's with rose pest control if anybody knows bugs it's her if you have a question 312-981-7200 and and so are you already starting to get calls or or is it going to be another week or two Lisa, over the weekend, we skyrocketed. We're hitting almost a thousand calls a day. And I think it's just that t- we finally hit the snap. We, the weather warmed things up just enough. And we're even starting to see termites swarm, which is a nightmare for homeowners. Um, but yeah, it's just Mother Nature kind of rules everything this time of year for us. Okay, so flies, are they dormant like the other bugs you were talking about? And then a little bit of sunshine and they seem to come to life? Certain species, yeah. There's one called the cluster fly that is kind of classified in that same overwintering pest category. So box elder bugs, the Asian lady beetles, stink bugs, cluster flies, they're all the kind that are going to hibernate in the walls. And if you have any kind of rodent issue around your house, too, and you've got, you know, dead mice around the property or in your walls, that will attract flies as well. I don't even want to think about that, that there's dead mice in my walls. Okay, somebody sent in a text and said, what about those little tiny brown moths? 
They have a bunch right now. Oh, oh no, that's a really common um, pest. I mean, I guess my first question would be: Are, are they in the kitchen, or are, are they in a clothing uh, area, like a closet or something? Because that will really differentiate the type of moth, but. If, if it's the brown moth, I'm thinking it's a pantry moth, and those are common winter pests because, you know, we're shut inside all winter. Maybe you do some baking around the holidays. You forget about a bag of flour, and boom, there you go. That's, a, that's all you need to attract that kind of pest. Oh, my gosh. Okay, she is here to take your questions if you have one, 312-981-7200. Steve just said it's 81 in West Dundee, 81 in Glenview. It really is a beautiful day, but as much as we enjoy it, the bugs do, too. They're coming back to life. Uh, back to the bug girl, but first, Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. Somebody said, Lisa, it's 83 in Woodstock. Is it really going to snow this weekend? <laughs> well, I know that it's going to get down to 34 overnight over the weekend in Woodstock. And Tom Skilling said it is not out of the question to, to see a spring snow. I just don't feel it. I don't know. Hey, the bug girl is with us. You know Janelle Iacchino. She is from Rose Pest Control. And boy, the questions are coming in. What about those tiny gnats that are in our house plants? Boy, you can't get rid of those. Or can you? <laughs> yes, yes. I actually have a really awesome tip, and it doesn't involve any chemicals. Okay, so those are fungus gnats. And over the winter, we tend to, like, overwater our plants, and it's like, you know, we think we're doing a good job, but I, I even do it myself. I love plants. But anyways, fungus gnats live in the soil, and when you overwater the plant, it, it is such a perfect, moist environment for them to thrive. So the secret is putting about an inch of sand on the top of your plants, which will help control the moisture. And then also as the fly, the fungus gnat larva emerges from the soil, the sand kind of cuts the outside of their bodies so they won't be able to survive um, as they pass through that layer of sand. So simple fix, get some play sand, you know. That's all it takes. Perfect. And before we go to the phones, because they are lined up, how do we keep the wasps at bay without killing the important pollinators? Yes, this is such a great question. And in fact, Willie the beekeeper, who's an amazing um, beekeeper up in McHenry County, just came to do a special training for our staff on honeybee identification. Um, it was so awesome. I mean, it's so important. We would rather work with beekeepers to come and collect those instead of, you know, hurting them. So um, with the wasps, I think the key is really if you're outside with drinks, make sure they're covered because they're going to be after anything sugary um, or even raw meat. If you're grilling, they'll be after raw meat as well. Um, the pollinators at the honeybees, they're going to kind of mind their own business. They just want to collect pollen from flowers. So we, we love that and we let them do what they got to do. Okay. So for the wasps, should we wait until they put up the nest and then take it down? Or is there something? Well, yeah. So sometimes, um, I mean, depending on the species, sometimes there's like a huge wasp that'll pop up in a tree overnight. We absolutely recommend do not doing, trying to eliminate that yourself. We can come and eradicate them and then remove the nest. But for other species, sometimes they just get into, like, little holes in the soffit or the eaves, and they might take up residence in, like, garages or attics. And so for those types of species, we have a preventative um, exterior kind of a treatment that we could do, and it's it's really wonderful. It lasts the whole season. So Oh, that's good. Okay. Tough. John's got yeah. a question for you. John, it's about carpenter ants. 
carpenter ants, yeah, how do I get rid of them? We get them in the house every year. Ooh, how many are you seeing, John? Uh, you see, uh, you know, individually walking around every, you know, couple of days, three or four on the kitchen counter, that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, we'd have to pinpoint where the colony is. Sometimes, this time of year especially, carpenter ants will send scouts out. So when you see one here and there, they're looking for places to build satellite nests, which just means that they're getting bigger and stronger. So the key is to really pinpoint where the the root of the problem is. What are they attracted to? Do you have some rotten wood somewhere that we need to eliminate? Those are all things that we inspect when when we come and do an inspection and possible service. Okay. Uh, Mike has a question about mosquitoes. You haven't seen a mosquito yet, Mike? I have not, and I'm wondering when should I expect them? You know what? I Okay, so I live in Chicago, and I just had one in my apartment the last other night. day, and I was like, what's happening? I had one last night in the house. I'm like, no, not already. No way. You know... <laughs> Yeah, whether we like it or not, that's like a thing that is just going to be here. And depending on, you know, if it rains anytime soon here or for a period of days in a row, like that's all it needs. Mosquitoes need about uh, the size of water that fits into like a bottle cap to breed. If you've got a puddle or anything like that, boom, it's just going to explode. Populations will be out there. But um, right now, we haven't had the rain, at least not in the city where I'm at, um, but that's what it's going to take is a little bit of moisture, and then they're here. But like everything else, we've got a great preventative program for that, too, and it's it's safe to have even if you have a butterfly garden, so I love it. Uh, stink bugs, everybody's asking about stink bugs on the text line. Yeah, the best time of year to treat for those is in the fall before those farmers cut the crops down, but... If you're seeing them now, a vacuum is going to be your best friend. Don't try to smash them because some people say that they smell like rotten cilantro, which does not sound fun to me. So I would, you know, just not smash them, but um, take the ones that you're seeing out with a vacuum or something. But we can absolutely do an exterior service to kind of reduce populations as well. Byron Andreas is on the phone. You hear him on with Home Sweet Home Chicago. Byron, you, you know the bug girl. What's your question for her? Did Byron put us on hold and not come back? <laughs> oh, that's so typical. That is oh, so Byron. <laughs> He's very busy. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm waiting too long. Okay, let's go to Liz. Liz has a question about a brown recluse spider. Eee, those are dangerous. Good yes, afternoon, um, ladies. And this will save me another very expensive medical bill. The What I suspect, I've been told, is the brown reclusive spider that hides in the air vents in bedrooms and comes out at night to feed, searching, I guess, for warmth, as in body warmth under the, the covers. So if that's, in fact, what happened, this resulted in a serious bite that then turned, I guess, into a serious, like, infection. Yeah. And the question is how to get rid of such a thing, because if they linger in the air vents, how to get them out and not keep them from returning? Because I understand normally they're outside spiders, but they're living inside the yeah. air vents is what I was told. So I think that there's a lot of myths out there about this spider, and it's one of the ones that everybody's like so definitely afraid of. But in all the years that I've been in this industry, we have maybe had one isolated case of finding that species, and it, and it was in an abandoned house. 
they get their name from their behavior. They're reclusive. They don't want to be where people are. They don't live in your vents. That is absolutely not true. Um, they aren't even really prevalent in our area. So I would say, you know, my best um, kind of advice for this is everybody reacts differently to bites, and we can't we can't diagnose any kind of situation without seeing the actual pest itself. Um, if you do have a kind of spider in your house, feel free to capture it and then, you know, give us a call. Send us a picture and we'd be happy to identify it for you professionally and kind of give you some peace of mind, too. But um, a doctor is going to work best for any kind of infection, obviously. But don't always assume it's something that everybody's Googling because there's a lot of misinformation out there. Oh, thank you so much for joining us. And if people want to reach out to you, where can they find you? Because I, I think it really is easy when you can take a picture of a certain bug and go, okay, bug girl, what is this and how can you help us? Absolutely. So they can um, go to our website, which is rosepestcontrol.com. We've got some contact forms there. Um, you can also call us at 1-800-GOT-PESTS, and we'll talk things through, and we'll figure out what you got going on and give you the best advice professionally. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine, and good luck getting the mosquitoes out of your house, too. Thanks, Lisa. Take care. (laughs) Coming up next, Lauren has your news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.